So that was the mission song, sung by the Emmanuel community, taken from their album Tiramisu. So hello, uh, my name is John Keeley uh, from Come and See Inspirations, uh, joined today by with uh, Geraldine Creason from the Emmanuel community. Hi Ger, thanks for, thanks for joining me. Hi John, lovely to be here. And Geraldine and myself are 
currently chatting with some participants who are just completing the end of a one-year Emmanuel School admission, currently, um, I believe, admission in California, somewhere out there in the United States. But we want to, first of all, welcome on to our program this morning, Father Paul Glennon, who's uh, leading the program this year. Um, thanks again, Father Paul, for joining us today, about 8,000 kilometers away. How are you? Yes, I'm good. Thanks for having us, John. Just before we start, Father Paul, um, how do you become involved with this particular team? Are you chaplain or just introduce yourself, please? Yes, uh, Father Paul Glennon. I'm a priest of the Dublin Diocese and of the Emmanuel community. And um, I'm on a three-year mission, just finishing the second year of the three years in the Bronx in New York. And uh, currently at the moment, we're on mission in California. So during the program year, we, we travel uh, three times a year for big missions. And we're on the final one in California. We're actually at a youth camp. We're on the side of a mountain here, wooded mountain. So it's great to be able to, with modern technology, to be with you today. Thanks, Peter God. Father Paul, maybe just before we start uh, to chatting with the participants, maybe you might let our listeners know what exactly is an Emmanuel School of Mission. Basically, it's a program to get young people together to live in community, to study their faith, to um, pray a lot. So adoration, praise and worship, mass each day, and then uh, go out and share the joy then that they have in their faith. So we go on the streets in the Bronx or we do bigger parish missions like we're doing now. So it's it's a foundational year for life to really discover the Lord in their lives, to get that fire of the Holy Spirit and to go back to their lives after the program, whether it's studies or work, and just to be leaders in their parishes, to just to know how better how to be on mission that the Lord gives them in their everyday lives. And how many students do you have at the moment with you, Father Paul? So we have nine students uh, with us at the moment. And these are from various parts of the world? Yes. So the, there's nine yeah, on the program this year, three of whom are sitting with me here right now. Um, so I have Nina and I have Maria and I have Vianney. So those three are going to share a bit. You're welcome, guys. Thank you very much indeed for, for, for joining us. Um, just maybe Nina, maybe to start off with, in your own words, um, the country where you come from, the work and the studies you've had maybe before you started with this school admission? So, um, yes, hello. Um, my name's Nina. I'm 26. I'm from Australia. Um, before I joined the Emmanuel School of Mission, I was working as an industrial designer, um, which is what I studied in university. Um, okay, lovely. And um, Vienni? From, from, I believe, France? Yeah, yeah, exactly. So I'm Vianney, I am 21. Um, and before joining the Emmanuel School of Mission, uh, I studied in a bachelor's in economics. So I have a bachelor's degree in economics. Okay, thank you. And Maria from Ireland, we always save the best wine till last. Maria, <laughs> a little bit about yourself. Um, I'm Maria, I'm from Wexford. I'm 24, and I studied maths in Minute, and I was working there as a tutor for a year before joining the Emmanuel School of Mission. 
Thank you all very much indeed for agreeing to talk with us this morning. You're very welcome. Okay, guys. Um, maybe Nina, uh, can you tell us a little bit of maybe about your family background, your faith experience and so on and so forth? Yes, sure. Thanks. Um, so I was born in Sydney, Australia. I come from a Filipino background, I'm the fourth of seven kids. So I was brought up Catholic. I lived in a Catholic family. I had a really good Catholic education and lots of Catholic friends. So I was in a Catholic bubble, per se. Mm-hmm. Um, this then changed when I got, um, went into university. I still had a lot of Catholic friends, but I got into a relationship with a non-practicing Catholic. And um, this really challenged my faith and identity at the time. I had always been obedient to the faith that my parents taught me. But when I was asked about the questions of why the church had a bunch of rules I had to follow, I really didn't know how to give a concrete answer. Um, I began to fall and slowly lose my faith because I saw them as a bunch of rules and I, yeah. Even though I'd still go to Mass on Sunday, I felt like a hypocrite because I'd be falling into the same sins. Um, and this this shame of my sin made me secretive to like my family, my friends, and even my housemates. Um, I could be a good Catholic when I was with Catholic people, but in my relationships, I wouldn't be true to the beliefs that the church I grew up with and taught me. Um, I felt quite insecure. Um, but I knew that God loved me because that was something that I was brought up with and I did feel it as well through my teenage years and my early 20s. Um, and there was always this desire for me to want to do something more. Um, so with the help of some good friends, um, I decided to take some steps back to my roots, which was God and my faith. Um, so I, I did make a bucket list, and part of that bucket list was to do a mission trip. And I didn't really know how or where or even if it was going to be religious or not. Um, but then one day my other housemate told me about this ESM, and it was about a month before it started. And uh, a month later I quit my job and then flew halfway across the world to do this ESM mission trip. So it's been exactly what God um, planned for me what I needed um, and it's just been really great and so Nina how long actually have you been associated or a member of the Emmanuel community I mean you were a member of the Emmanuel community before you went out on mission yeah um, no actually these the, the six weeks prior to um, the school starting was the first time I heard about the Emmanuel community or the school itself um, both me and my housemate who are here doing this program, um, yeah, we just stumbled upon it because she has a work colleague who's part of the Emmanuel community. Mm-hmm. So um, I, I didn't know much about the Emmanuel community before I came. Um, it was only through this school that I've had exposure to it. And I've, it's been really great to, to see that the church is both charismatic and traditional. Um, I did make my first step into the community. Uh, just this month because um, I think that it will be good for me to come back to back in Australia because it's a worldwide. <laughs> and so if you were to sum up your your years experience and the school admission, Nina, how would you sum it up? 
Awesome. That's what the US. <laughs> that's what the Americans uh, say. Yeah. That's, <laughs> but no, it's a, it's a really great year. I've um I've learned more about God, the church, um, about myself in the past. Um, and yeah, it's it's a just the beginning, but it's been really great. And so I would imagine that the support you now have been experiencing over the last twelve months and hope to continue with for the rest of your life will be of great benefit for you as you continue to grow in your faith. Would that be would that be right? Yes, I I, I do pray that it will it will and um just um, learning about how during the school we live in community. And we've been exposed to a lot of people in the Emmanuel community as well as just Catholics, the Catholic community. It's good to um, go back to Australia. And um, I do have a lot of friends in different communities, but being part of Emmanuel will help me grow. And, and just before I leave you go, just for a second, what did your buddies or your friends think when you told them you were going off on a school admission for a year? Well, they, um, like, it was only about a month before I okay. decided, like, mm. the, like, before the school started, um, it could, like, they, oh, sorry, they, like, it was quite impulsive, <laughs> um, but, uh, they were very happy that I, and impressed that I would, was doing something like this. Um, some of them are still shocked that I'm, I'm doing it, mm. but the, when we, when you live a nine month pro- program it just becomes part of your life that's beautiful um, i can't believe it's been nine months already like <laughs> it's crazy <laughs> congratulations and i suppose to use your own terminology it's awesome so yeah <laughs> awesome very good nina thanks a lot for uh, for for chatting with us we'll certainly come back to you maybe maybe uh, maybe vianney um what in view what in in your view are some of the challenges for young people trying to live christian values these days uh, that's true that it's uh, not always easy to leave the Christian values. But I would say that um, one of the challenges is first not to be ashamed of those values. Uh, because if we, if we follow those values, it means that we, we believe that they are true. So we shouldn't be ashamed to, to believe in the truth, basically. Um, and I think one of the other challenges would be not to fall in the temptation of uh, following the, the values of the society, uh, which can be quite easy. Uh, so I think an important, uh, very important thing for me would, uh, would be to, to receive a formation to understand uh, those values, those Christian values that we want to follow um, in order not to fall in the, in, in the, the values of the society. Vianney, how long have you been associated or been a member of the Emmanuel community? Uh, so I knew the Emmanuel community before uh, doing the, the ESM. Uh, I, I've been part of a prayer group in Paris before. Uh, but I, I entered the Emmanuel community during the year uh, uh, um, at the same time than Nina, basically. And so if I was to ask you... What I asked uh, Nina, your exp- what has been your experience for the last nine months or, or, or 12 months on school admission? Well, uh, it has been an amazing time. Um, I would say that 
I've grown a lot. I think it's basically in 21 years. Um, I mean, that's, that has been the, the nine months. Uh, I've grown the, the, the most uh, thanks, to, thanks to all what we live during such a year. So, yeah, basically um, amazing, yeah. Okay. Um, Maria. Yeah. Uh, again, as you know, here in Ireland, it, it's pretty challenging for anybody, never mind young people, to live their Christian values today. Yeah, it can be hard, especially in Ireland, especially if you're from a rural parish or something, you don't see young people at mass. So you can tend to feel alone in your beliefs. And when your friends and like school classmates, university friends don't believe, it can be very easy to think that what you what you believe is not really true or to fall into following what they believe. It can be really challenging to to keep that fate when when you're on your own. It's very I think it's super important to find like-minded people, to find people in the church your own age, to go to youth events, to find a community to be part of. It's impossible to live the fate alone. And how did it, how how did you get support yourself for helping to live those Christian values yourself? Um I mean, growing up as a teenager, I I don't think I had any friends that I ever spoke to about God. Um, I live I live in the countryside, so I yeah, none of my friends went to mass. Um, but when I went to university, I went to Minute, and so I became friends with a lot of the seminarians. Um, I started going to their like Sunday mass, to their evening prayer. I, I needed something, so. I think I think I had a huge support from them. Um, yeah. Um, have you been a member or associated with the Emmanuel community for long? No, I joined I joined the Emmanuel community the same time as Nina did. Mm-hmm. I I hadn't heard of it before coming either, but during the year, I realized that I do I need to be part of it. I need I need what I've been living this year. I need it to continue to some extent. How, uh, I need the support, etc. How did you find out about the Emmanuel School of Mission? Um, it was at the World Meeting of Families. I I met Father Paul, who's our chaplain, mm-hmm. uh, and he he spoke to me about it. And yeah, two weeks later, I applied. <laughs> so okay, yeah. so for the last nine months or so, you've been you've been living this School of Mission. Can you just tell us a little bit of? Um, what happens on a day-to-day basis or week-to-week basis? How do you live your lives? Um, I mean, each day can be quite different, but we we start the day with with adoration. Prayer is such an important part. We we have it all throughout the day. There are times of prayer, and that's super important. Um, we also have during the day on certain days we have mission, so we. We go out either on the street to do street evangelization or we're working with the missionaries of charity. We're the sisters of Mother Teresa in their soup kitchen and in their homeless shelter. Uh, we also have a lot of classes. So we, we, we get formed in theology and philosophy in bioethics, things like that. Um, we also then have services. So we clean together, we cook together. We, we basically live the day together. <laughs> We live everything that we're doing with each other. 
And can I go back to you, Vianney, there for a second? Um, did, did any particular experience stand out for you in the last nine months living this school of mission? Uh, yeah, a lot, a lot of experiences. Um, but if I should pick uh, one one thing that um, that touched me a lot and uh, and made me grow, uh, it's the the street evangelizations. Uh, during those street evangelizations that we do uh, every Friday, uh, I think we we learn in a very very concrete way how to share our faith. Uh, with people we don't know, with people of um, all all kind of um, of lives, and so uh, yeah, I've I had a, I had a lot of experiences uh, during those uh, street evangelizations, where people were very open, uh, and yeah, they were they they were answering. I mean, some of them were Catholic, some of them were Protestants, and uh, but in the Bronx, people are very open to to what we try to to share. And so, yeah, I had a lot of uh, a lot of very beautiful and deep experiences during those uh, street evangelizations. And would would you say that that your attitude has changed slightly to those people who are not belonging maybe to the Catholic faith now that you've met them on the streets or wherever it might be? Are you a little bit more tolerant with them? So we, yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's true that it's uh, it's always difficult to to speak with uh, with guys of other religions. Because they have a, they have a basically answers to everything. So, so fortunately, with the with the with the formation we get, it's uh, it's easier to understand uh, their point of view, and to and to answer their, their their questions and all of that. So yeah, in a way, I think I'm more open to to Protestants and even Muslims that we can uh, that we can meet in the streets, and I understand. I understand them better, and uh, and we learn also to. Yeah, we learn also charity, and so how to how to love them, um, because uh, they are especially for the Protestants, they are our brother in uh, in Christianity because they believe in uh, in 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 Christ anyway. So mm-hmm. yeah, Maria, did any particular moment stand out for you, or experience? Um, it's been a year full of really great moments but um, we spent a week uh, doing compassion service so I was in a nursing home for a week uh, working with the little sisters of the poor and I think I really learned that week how to love the elderly it was the sisters they had so much joy and I was meeting I was sitting with I was sitting with like a woman for I'd say about five hours, just sitting there, um, talking to her, listening to her. It, it really taught me how to be present in a moment, not doing something big, but how to love someone in such a simple way. And some of the some of the people there couldn't speak; they were so old. And you're still; it was still possible to love them, to share our fate in a concrete way with them, to pray with them, to listen to them just to live the day with them, I think it really taught me how to be present in, in a particular moment and not to be thinking about the future or the past or or to even be trying to preach something, but just to be there with them. It, yeah, Beautiful. it really struck me. Beautiful. 
Nina, can I ask you the same question? Did anything stand out for you over the last nine months? Any faith experience that you would have you would have come across? Um, yeah, sure. Well, we were very lucky this year because we got to go to the World Youth Day in Panama. Um, and just before this World Youth Day, we had a Emmanuel Forum in Costa Rica. So we've done a lot of traveling, but this one, this one stood out for me because um, there was uh, we met a, a lot of people um, from Central America, in particular Nicaragua, and um, it was a particular night where we had presentations of the different countries that came, and um, Nicaragua showed their culture through dance and um, a presentation. Um, and before this presentation, though, like we would be talking to them and they were just filled with so much joy. But um, they really are suffering a lot in Nicaragua. Um, and like, but it was very hard to see because they had so much joy. Like they, mm. they still had God um, um, in their lives. And, Beautiful. Um, Beautiful. Yeah, you know, that was just a really nice moment. Nina, what what will you do next now when you get back to Australia? Um, so I will be looking for a job. Okay. I was working. Um, I was working as an industrial designer um, and a project manager um, in the retail space. Mm -hmm. So um, I like the the industry in Australia is open. Um, and that particular job I left was open to having me back. But I still have a couple of months to decide um, where I can go with this. Because I have a whole new space of um, God yeah. <laughs> out and faith in my life. So who do you think you'll keep or use or maybe even expand on all you've learnt in the school of mission? How will you hold on to it? Well, there's a lot of fruits that we have gotten from the Emmanuel School of Mission, um, prayer being a big part of it, and I think the most fundamental one. And that prayer is just the relationship that I I really need to have with God in every day and for the rest of my life. So, um, beautiful. beautiful. Yeah, there's a lot more, but <laughs> thanks, Nina. Thanks, thank, thanks, Nina, for that. Biani, can I ask you the same questions? Question: What What are you going to do when you go back to France? And so because I have a bachelor's degree in economics, mm -hmm. I will continue in the same way and I will uh, study in a master's in commerce. Okay, and in terms of what you've experienced in, um, with the School of Mission over the last nine months, uh, how, how do you think you'll, you'll hold on to that? Because I suppose it, it's easy to, to, to keep on to these values when we're surrounded by people of the same the same thinking but if you but out in that world again out in that world that maybe doesn't know God how do you think you're going to keep or use or expand all you've learned during your school admission any plans yeah that, that's true that it's going to be quite complicated because when you leave such a year it's very intense and it's quite complicated then to to go back to the let's say normal world um, but I think uh, like Nina, I've, I've I've learned a lot about uh, about my relationship with God, and that that's what I want to 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 emphasize uh, when I will uh, when I go back in France, 
it's uh, it's ready to to give the first place to God in my life. So if 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 I can uh, have daily mass, uh, if I can have daily adoration, or I mean do a maximum for my prayer life, that would be amazing. Uh, I hope. Mm-hmm. Um, but also also because we learned how to share our faith, uh, and evangelization was a big part of this year. Um, I also want to be uh, to be witness of my faith. Uh, during, I mean, everywhere, basically, where I will go. Um, it means first in my family, with my friends, but also in my, in, my, in my studies, in my job, and in my university. Everywhere I will go, uh, I need to be witness of my faith because it's, uh, I mean, it's basically what defines me. So I need to, yeah, I need to, to share that. What I, all, all what I received, I need to share it. Thank you so much for that. Thank you, Nina and Vianney and Maria. I'll come back to you in a few minutes, but I want to speak now to maybe to Vada Paul and to Geraldine, who both of whom went through the school of mission. Maybe, maybe I might just throw this one out to Father Paul. Um, what was life for you after the school of mission, Father Paul? Well, it was challenging. Um, I can say that you you do live an intense life in the school, and then suddenly, you're, after being surrounded so closely by brothers and sisters. You're a bit on your own, like Maria shared earlier. I was in a rural parish, and so trying to get to Mass, I, I, I didn't know whether I wanted to go back to engineering. I was a mechanical engineer, so it took me six months. Um, I had a kind of casual work with my brother, and so that gave me space, but it was a time of turmoil because I had questions of priesthood, coming up and I didn't know whether I should answer immediately, should I go to the seminary, should I apply? So it was a difficult period, um, but uh, the grace of God was with me. Um, I ended up getting another job and the the, the, the Lord uh, was with me, even though I didn't see it. So the Emmanuel community was also very important to me because I made a step when I returned after the program and they gave me the support I needed. Uh, to have other people, just normal people, to share my faith with. And I had a thirst to evangelize, which was only possible with the, uh, others who wanted to do the same. And that was with the Emmanuel community for me. And so it wasn't easy, but yet I had the Lord gave me what I needed. And it led to another adventure as an engineer for a couple of years and then to priesthood seminary and then priesthood. The Lord always has a plan. Th- thanks, Father Paul, for that. Geraldine, can I ask you the same question? Because the three, the three students now are, are just about to leave and um, they're going to go out to that world. You were also in the School of Mission. What was life for you after the School of Mission? Well, I can concur with Father Paul. It, it was a transition, but I think it was a transition to the school as well. So when you're an adult going into this environment of almost like a boarding school or a university, but... On, you know, you're living in the same house as people. That takes an adjustment, and um, then you come to a happy, a happy place, and then you leave, and and you have to let go uh, these friendships in a certain sense. But in another sense, there's this profound unity through your experience, and of course, connections through um, Facebook and through keeping contact. We so in in our year. 
um, just for fun. We would meet up um, at weddings mostly. Though mm-hmm. we, at one stage we were, weren't called the Emmanuel School of Mission anymore. We were called the Emmanuel School of Marriage. <laughs> so so many people yeah. got married not mm-hmm. to each other. I, mean, mm-hmm. I think we had two couples to each other um, mm-hmm. after the year, and then after that, um, people got married to others. Um, so and then we'd meet up on occasions. We did a ten year meet up, which was I highly recommend any students. You should really do a five year plan and a ten year plan. But we went mm. to the Holy Land for the for the tenth year. Oh, and in fact I'm just back, would you believe it, from the twentieth celebration, twenty years. And this is really special because this was on uh, on uh, back in Rome, but it actually pulled together all the students from, from twenty years, three hundred and eighty four people went through the school and we had 80 or so at the, at the reunion. So not everybody who goes to the Emmanuel School of Mission joins the Emmanuel community. This is a really very important point. So people can come to the school from anywhere. Any Catholic can come, uh, man or woman between 18 and, and 30 years of age can go um, from any Catholic or, uh, background. Mm-hmm. And uh, that that's really, really important. My own personal transition, from a practical point of view, I worked as a pharmacist. I, I took a year out to go to the the ESM in Rome. And when I came back, I found that I could do all the people skill stuff, but actually my clinical skills were down a little bit. So I had to do a uh, year's study. Mm-hmm. And I think you just prepare yourself for getting back in the workplace and performing. So you m- might have to do that um, or brush up at least or do a little <coughs> bit of um, continuous education. Uh, education definitely you need to step it up when you come back because you're, you're going from one type of learning into back into your work environment you need to equip yourselves for that and then practically I just joined the community my community before going to Rome so when I got back it was uh, trying to get to know this community that I only had really met through the school of mission and I suppose it was different from school of mission and that that's another point it, you don't live as intensely together um, obviously, because you're living a, a way of life, and uh, but you do have this incredible support, and you still have the same three um, concrete pillars, which were adoration, compassion, and evangelization. And what the community says is, you try to do these as much as possible together, because we're together. Uh, there was one one you know ESM have a slogan. Uh, give all, get more. And that's the slogan of the school. Mm-hmm. Um, and for the community, I think um, we can probably say we're better together. And that's just mm-hmm. a fact. We have the support we need, but also we're able to really take risks uh, to share the gospel, take risks to live gospel values in our daily life and learn, I suppose, yeah, to use the, the fruits of the spirit in life like, like the students have talked about, the, the love of God that is greater than we can imagine and that we have a capacity to unite ourselves with the love of God and and spend spend this love on others in mm-hmm. our lives, whether family or or, or others. And of course, the three students who we're speaking to at the moment, Nina, Vianney, and Maria, are going to come back off a high. Really, I suppose mm. you know they experience a beautiful year yes. with support. Now they're coming back into the world, and yes. as you said, you've got to face the world, and yes. you had challenges with that world yes. in terms of your work and so on and so forth. Yes. But I would say though that the formation you receive yes. is such a ballast, yeah. you know, and it thing. is a rock you can stand on, and mm. you have received so much so so much through the formation but also through the encounters with people through the prayer life i mean i suppose you'd never get as much time to pray as you do at a school of mission but it does help you make and, and the students have mentioned personal decisions for prayer every day 
So I would open my, my diary from tomorrow and I would put in when I'm just an appointment with God. Now, it's not, it mightn't be always possible to go to Mass every day. Of course, you like to do it. Mm. But when you go, to really participate and be involved, get there on time a little bit before. Spend your time, your time in Mass and really prayerfully receive the sacrament. Um, also, the, the, but the most important thing is actually a time for personal prayer every day. And one of the things, Pierre Grissat was actually a founder. He was It was his idea, along with Francis Cohn, to found the Emmanuel School of Mission. And the community was founded in seventy two. And the first school admission, in fact, was 1984. So within 12 years, uh, he had this intuition of needing young people to be um, to grow in their faith, intellectual development of what faith is all about and really understand why we believe what we believe in order to believe even more and to share this with people who are literally thirsting mm-hmm. to know the reason for their existence. So it was his, his intu- intuition, what Pierre used to say, to everybody in the world, not just to ESM students or ESM alumni and graduates, but to everyone. Unless you pray for 20 minutes a day, you're done for. <clears throat> so if you're trying to say, what's the minimum in a day? Now, that's not always possible. We all know life can get on top of you. <clears throat> but even if you put a time to schedule in five minutes and that you hope are 10 minutes quiet <clears throat> somewhere <clears throat> in a chapel if you can, but in your bedroom, bedroom <clears throat> good in front of an icon, it's, it's fantastic. A quiet space, sometimes a quiet space where people will be on the metro, on the bus, you know, but it actually doesn't matter. It's that you're taking this heart to heart with God and you get up to that 20 minutes and, you know, you you see beyond that what you can do, but certainly you're aiming, if you're believing Pierre Gorsat in his wisdom, yeah. that 20 minutes gets you what you need. Um, and in, in the fast pace of life and the extra bit of study and work and caring, you know, it's good to set these markers for yourself and say, right, minimum 20 minutes. 20 minutes. Um, mm. But to work to that. Now, for students of school admission, they go, what? Only 20 minutes. But, you know, you'll find other things take over time. And suddenly mm-hmm. 20 minutes is a lot of time uh, when you come back home and there are the distractions of TV, going out, socializing, sports. We won't talk about Wexford and the hurling, but we could. Uh, but, you know, there's lots going on in life. And we, of course, want to fully engage with life as well. So you can't go hiding. That's right. That's you fully right. engage yeah, and you, you enjoy it. You know, you, you, you have the ESM year as a launch pad. And um, yeah, you just you, you have what you need really to live life. And the Lord gives the rest through your prayer and your, your encounters with others and your support from others. Father Paul, would you, would, would you like to, uh, to add anything to what Geraldine's just said? Yeah, um yeah, it's uh, it's just a setup for life. You really, um, we're not saying the ESM program is easy. It's a struggle because you don't choose who you're with in the program, and that's a great training for the rest of your life. That mm-hmm. whether you become consecrated or you end up being married or you you remain single, that you learn how to uh, love others who you might struggle with on a feelings level. Um, so that's a great great um, life lessons and the fruits of this program these three missionaries have just just completing now they won't see they'll see fruits for many years to come in their lives so yeah. lovely and, and father paul um if, if there's someone out there listening to the program today interested in learning more about the emmanuel school of mission in new york or anywhere else how, how would they go about applying so the best first step to make is to go onto the website 
um, and I'll give you that now. It's www.esm-nyc.com. So that's esm-nyc.com. And there they can see the information and there's um, a contact uh, page that they can make contact with us. Even if it's just general questions, just a general inquiry. We have people going on there asking for prayers even, but mm. um, but they can get the general information. They can ask the questions and we can go from there. Geraldine, we, uh, all, sorry, yeah. we also have, sorry, we also have Instagram, Facebook, um, so they can uh, get the links to the website to those as well, just to see what we've been up to. Well done, Father Paul. Thanks for that. Geraldine, are, are there other possibilities or options? There are always options. <laughs> the Lord will provide if you have the desire. So it's all about. Yeah, well, it's about a prayer and keeping your eyes open. But yeah, I would also yeah. say, look, um, the Emmanuel School of Mission is 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 a way, and certainly there's an Emmanuel School of Mission in New York. Of course, I went to the Emmanuel School of Mission in Rome, and mm. uh, if people want to just have an experience of learning uh, another language, you can actually go to other places to do a School of Mission and still have that formation experience but just in a different language so if you want to go to English you could go to New York as Father Paul would love you to do mm-hmm. and everyone there um, but you could also decide if you want to do it in English you could go to Manila and you can okay. go to the Emmanuel School of Mission in the Philippines okay. and that's extraordinary because you know the, one of the advantages as the students have already said is this cultural exchange and you have you ha- you meet people from around the world. They are so different from you. They have so many different eating habits. And this is the, always the joke. Mm. Who likes what food, hot, cold, mm-hmm. wh- how they eat it, what, what fork or knife to use, whether they use a cup or a mug, mm. uh, whether they drink tea or coffee. It goes on and on. So you compare, compare all the time and you realize at the end of the day, you pray together so in so such unity. And you have a common experience of God's love and uh, common desire to share it. And so that cultural exchange can be there no matter whether you're in Manila. So there's ESM mm-hmm. Manila. If you want to learn French, you can go to ESM in Parlemonial in, in the Shrine of the Sacred Heart. So if you, why, not learn, why not learn French and, and go to a school of mission or German? You can learn German because there's a manual school of mission in, in Alt-Oting. And there's even another manual school of mission now that I think of it in Cameroon. So that's a French school as well. And then there's one in South America, in Brazil. So you want to speak Portuguese. Am I right? That's Portuguese in Brazil. Yes. So the options are the there. options are there for people. And, and why not learn another language mm-hmm. as well? OK, yeah. um, but of course, when you go to the Bronx, of course, you're learning another language as well, because you're learning American the Bronx way so that that is already Very another good. cultural experience Very good. and and you know locally Father Paul I know has, has this intuition as well even for Ireland that we you know we can run um, almost a night school of mission that is called a school of charity and mission and uh, we haven't done it yet in Ireland but certainly it's there as an option to run if people are interested that they can spend some time for a nine-month period meeting in a locality mm. uh, running with that the American community will run a program um, of how to yeah, a program that will be partially uh, part of the Manual School Admission program, but it will have um, a deepening of faith and experience of mission. Okay, final question for the five of you. Starting up with maybe maybe Nina in Australia from Australia. After spending a year on the School Admission, what would you say to someone at the moment who might be struggling to hold on to their faith? I think first off. 
Um, the first lesson that I kind of learned was that God has a plan and to trust, um, to like abandon yourself to him. Um, and that's not always easy. I mean, it's not easy at all. <laughs> mm. But um, also through prayer, um, like Geraldine was saying, we, we got to choose to pray. A lot, lot of the time it's um, moving from it being more than a feeling, but to choose to pray and to choose to talk to God. Because you know, he is always there and he's just like knocking on our hearts. So, and just to have that conversation with him. Um, I think it's also important to have people around you who um, share your faith, um, someone you can talk to, someone you can ask questions to. But yeah. Perfect. Thanks a lot for that, Nina. And maybe um, Vianney from France, uh, again, after spending this year on the School of Mission, what would you say to someone if you if you met them on the street in Paris or whatever, uh, in your locality, who was struggling to hold on to their faith? Um, I think I would say uh, that's good news. Uh, keep going because it means that, uh, I mean, if having faith and keeping faith was that easy, uh, I think it wouldn't be funny. And uh, so, no, yeah, I think I think they should, uh, yeah, I, I would say keep going and keep asking questions, keep uh, keep pondering the questions you have uh, in your prayer, because uh, if you if you continue to ask those questions, you you will end up uh, by finding the truth, and uh, and we know that the truth is Jesus. So basically, they will they will end up with Jesus. So that's good news. Thank you very much indeed. And Maria, if you were out and strolling around Wexford there in Ireland, and again um, you met someone who was struggling to hold on to their faith, any any ideas as to how you might be able to help them out? I mean, I think our doubts are just us, sometimes us just seeking the truth. Um, so I think it's important if we're struggling in the faith to learn why we believe what we believe. Because all of the faith is very reasonable. We to speak to a priest, to to read the catechism, to find out why why we why we have this faith. I think once you see how reasonable it is and you see that it's true, it gives you a grounding that yes, it's not always easy and yes, it's always going to be a struggle to have faith, but it gives you a sort of a rock to to hold on to when it is difficult because you know that it is real. Lovely. Geraldine, same question. You've met many of them there struggling with their faith. How are we going to encourage them? I suppose when people are struggling, I mean, this is... If it was somebody I knew, I would try to... First of all, I'd pray for them, to be quite honest. And if any of our listeners are out there struggling, we are praying for you. And we're not forgetting you, and you're not forgotten by God either. Um... So the heart, the heart of a person who's struggling sometimes can't grasp or the mind can't grasp what, what, what God is saying in a moment, but can certainly know and feel friendship and feel love. And sometimes you just walk alongside somebody and, and give them practical support. Sometimes you, you can do nothing, actually. 
Um, but the struggle is the fact that you yourself are keeping faith and you yourself. But you, again, you can't shove that down people's throats or whatever. So it's a gentle loving of, of somebody mm. to the person themselves. I would say like the others, those three students, three of them have made excellent points. Mm, and I don't great. know what can I, I can add except, you know, find good company. Don't be on your own. When I was in college, I was in a, a prayer group. I was in an ecumenical prayer group. And one of the last talks we received, there was a poignant line in it that uh, the guy said uh, in the talk, he said, a Christian alone is a Christian in danger. We're not made as Christians to be on our own. We belong to the church, which is body people. But more importantly, God is three. God is Trinity. He is a community. He's So find good company and just hang around with them and you literally will catch the joy. The joy will come back. Joy is something that you can't fake. And it's God working with you, in you, in your circumstances that eventually brings joy, even in the most difficult times. But you will receive that even by watching and seeing others' joy, you know, in, in mm-hmm. life, um, in the midst of your own struggle. So courage, have courage. Keep going. Struggle, as we heard earlier, struggle is not a bad thing. It's actually a really good thing. Mm. And it's there in the Bible, in the stories of lots of struggle in the scriptures. That uh, And Jesus himself had the struggle in the Garden of Gethsemane. So for me, personally, where I go when I'm really struggling is I go to that point and I read that part of the gospel where Jesus is in the garden and he's pleading with the Father. Someplace I go regularly if I'm struggling. And I find it terribly consoling to read that scripture. Um, I remember one priest talking, once said, you find your whole life in the Bible. You find your whole life in the scriptures. So when you're struggling, when I'm struggling, that's where I go. And I read Jesus saying, Father, take this cup. And I am there in the moment with him when he's, you know, he's literally, he's in agony. And if he's in, and he knows my agony, then his agony is far, far greater. So I try to stay there because at least it's, it's a place of pain when you're with Jesus in the garden. But actually, if you're in pain, uh, that to have company in your pain sometimes is, is what you need to realize you're not on your own. And Father Paul, would you like to give us your answer to that question well, to someone who may, may be listening to this program who's struggling? Yeah, um, I think we've all experienced the struggles and trying to hang on by the f- tips of our fingers. Um, I speak as a priest and I know... Um, brother priests maybe have uh, failed and fallen and that has put a lot of people um, struggling with their faith as well so um, what I say is to really um, cling to your faith cling to the Lord don't let others whether they're priests who have fallen or anyone else um, all these scandals in the church it's not people our faith is in, but it's in Christ our Lord. And it's really to cling to him. Uh, there's always going to be the cross. And um, what we know, the Lord has won the victory. So that's our hope and our joy. So to be grounded with the scriptures, Geraldine said. I was just thinking of the, the story of Jacob. And he had um, he struggled. He fought with the angel of the Lord all night. And he, he kept fighting until he got the blessing and he didn't give up so that's a good message for us that we keep in the struggle we know the lord has won the victory so that's our great hope so with his grace we hang in there and we get through uh, to and we have his peace 
Thanks for that, Father Paul. Now, just before Father Paul might be able to lead us in a short little prayer, maybe just to finish off this uh, this interview, Geraldine, the people out there listening to the programme who might be a bit more interested in the Manuel community than when we started. So if people wanted to know a bit more about the Gemini community here in Ireland, what would they do? Well, you can contact us. We have a website, emmanuelcommunity.ie. You can also go onto the international community site, which is emmanuel.info forward slash en, but emmanuel.info will get you our Emmanuel community. And you can link into the community any part of the world you're in. So we know that this podcast goes is broadcast on mm-hmm. the net and mm-hmm. it goes out to any part of the world yeah. so wherever you are we have we know from Nina it's in Australia we know from Vienna it's in France we know it's in Ireland the community is in 65 or so different countries and now the membership the latest figures are 12,000 um, members uh, in, uh, internationally and another um, as I keep saying another 20,000 associated with the works of the community so there's loads of manual people out there even though we're still a very small community but um Make contact either through the international website or through emmanuelcommunity.ie and we would love to see you. After listening to that, I'm surprised that you don't get a few thousand people <laughs> maybe emailing, contacting the, contacting the website. In the meantime, maybe just to finish off um, the programme this morning, Father, Father Paul, would you lead us in maybe in a prayer of thanks? Maybe a prayer of thanks to the Lord for, for bringing Nina and Vianney and Maria and the other participants in that school admission to to you this year and also for for them to come to us here and and come and see inspirations to share their story their encouragements and their faith journey with us this morning father would you mind leading us with a prayer please in the name of the father son and holy spirit amen. amen we thank you lord for these young missionaries and this program they've faithfully journeyed with this year in the ups and downs as they discovered their maybe woundedness and their weakness and the way they grew and overcame and were faithful. So we thank you, Lord, that you're doing wonders in their hearts. And now you're sending them out after nine months to bring the fire and the love, your love to others. We thank you that this program is sending out missionaries and that they are ready and have new tools and skills to bring your love to others. We pray for all the, the young people we're interviewing at the moment who are considering coming next year. Um, uh, we're open to applications still, and we're praying for all your listeners, John, who um, may be struggling, as we spoke about earlier, or anyone who's lacking hope, especially the way the church may be struggling at the moment. We're praying for each one of them as well. We love you, Lord. We want to do your will in our lives. We love your mother, Mary, uh, our mother. We want to honor you as the mother of Jesus. We want to do your son's will in our lives. We want to bring glory and honor to you because that's our joy, our hope, and our salvation. So glory be to the Father. And to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit. As it was was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. So from all of us here in Ada County Lermick, from myself, uh, John Keeley, Geraldine Creighton, uh, Nina from Australia, Vianney joined us from, um, from France and Maria in Ireland, Father Paul, of course, Father Paul Glennon, who facilitated um, this connection via Skype, thanks be to God, uh, somewhere out there in California. We, we, we leave you maybe just to finish up this with a little piece of music which Geraldine might be able to introduce for me. 
Well, this is just a promotional piece on mm. the uh, ESM. So just to have a listen, it just describes a modern day missionary. Okay. Yes, In the olden days, being a missionary was not especially easy. You had to leave a very comfortable home, go far, far away through oceans and deserts, braving every sort of local and their cooking, risking your everyday life and eating sand and fried scorpions. Bon appétit. Nowadays, things are pretty much the same. However, we now have schools for that. ESM. What are ESM? Really? E for Emmanuel. Community, of course, which has run these schools for more than 30 years. What else? S for school. More than 500 hours of intellectual, human, missionary and spiritual formation. Intended for about, hmm, let me calculate, 140 young Christians from all over the world put together during nine months in seven different locations every year. Each ESM has its own specificities, but there are common features. Youths live this year together deeply, studying together, eating together, evangelizing together, and praying together. Kind of a together year. And M for mission. The aim of the year is to become an original missionary when you'll be back in your country. And as you know, to be on mission can be a little bit risky. But ESM is the year to discover risk-taking. A year to open yourself to others, a year to broaden your life. A year to place God in the centre of your life. As Pope Francis said, sofa happiness is over. Take that risk and be part of it. And I'm willing to bet you'll be surprised. ESM. Give all, get more.